Greetings, valued poll listeners, and welcome to episode 95 of the Poll List Podcast, a bi-weekly show about comics, pop culture, and faith. My name is Chris Poirier, and with me, as always, the one, the only, as seen on DC's The Swamp Thing, because I haven't done that in a long time. I was about to say, that's a deep, that's a deep cut for this current season. Okay. Hector! Greetings. And Daredevil... DC Knights version. DC Knights version. Fair. <laughs> I'm just saying. Fair. With a K. We know how to spell here. Sort of. How's it going? Oh, it's good, you know. You know, it'd be that way. It does. It'd be a, it'd be a podcast. Uh, quick note uh, before we, you know, jump into our normal things. This is the end of technically on paper season eight whole five years into this whole thing we made it 95 episodes which means when we return after the holiday break we will break triple digits and have a giant sized 100 and then as previously discussed we will renumber take back legacy numbering create a new imprint to cancel it three months later hire and fire three more editors or pretend that we are writing the entire Marvel line and that we are solely responsible for everything that happened in X-Men and that absolutely none of this is true. <laughs> I was like, I like the giant size 100 thing. That's okay. I, idea. I, I take it back. The giant size 100 is absolutely probably how we're going to, we're going to do that thing. So um, stay tuned. It's good. I got a couple months to plan that. <laughs> Guess and more. Guests. And 27 variants. Oh, how fun would it be <laughs> if we know when our launch date is for season nine or nine. whatever that um, we do a countdown with like fake variant covers? <laughs> uh, stay tuned. We either stay just <laughs> we either just made somebody really happy or really annoyed. Yeah. And that's what I'm here for. But. I mean, I guess that means it's time to actually talk about the comics and, you know, as stated, give the people what they want. So I uh, guess you know what that means. It's time to strap yourselves and prepare yourselves for we've got comic sign. I am happy this time around that I feel like I have comic books to talk about. So that might be part of it. But anyway, for on today's uh, season um, completion, uh, the season finale, if you will, of the poll list for episode 95, we've got a wonderful show Previously for you. on the poll list. <laughs> Chris and Hector talk about how there's nothing to read. <laughs> and then this time there was too much to read. But that's good. So we are going to hit the latest news that you need to know, our must-pull recommendations from the last two weeks, our favorite new number ones. I had more than one, but that's not new for Chris because I read a lot of indie comics. And so, so very much more. This yep. oh, 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 no, good. Oh, is the Pull This Podcast. Hey. Yeah, no, no, no. Yep. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
I was going to say, like, I haven't actually been to the shop in three weeks. I've just been having people grab my pulls. So first of all, a lot of indies. how dare you? <laughs> and and second of all, that explains your number one, because it's not from this. It's not from the last two weeks. No, but issue two is and I backtracked. That's fair. I, I, I had a feeling you knew that, but here we yeah. are. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, news, news, the news, 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 news. Um, <laughs> I got a few of the, the mass media things in here because they're things that we haven't talked about. And just to kind of signpost for a few of you, we are going to take a hot minute to actually talk about, um, Loki. And if I didn't tell Hector that, well, congrats, we're going to talk about Loki a little bit. Um, yeah. because it happened and, I mean, a lot of Marvel things have happened on the big screen, little screen in the last couple months, but I, a lot. How about I, two? I, well, yeah, <laughs> three, bro. two. I mean, I mean, technically across this season, I feel I'm trying to remember. I don't know. Actually, yeah, I guess they did pull a lot of projects. So who knows it? Eh, Marvel. But let, let's 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 talk about that in a second. For the time being, are you familiar with of uh, the Wheel of Time? As in the books that then Amazon optioned for a show. Yes, I and all that good stuff. Books when I worked at Amazon. Yeah, or no, I worked <laughs> at Walden Books. Yes, right, right, back in the day. So uh, we do have some friends and some fans that have literally, for all the times that Hector has told me to do things, and I took like four years to get to it. Reading Wheel of Time was one of those things. Sorry, Brent. Um, and I only still read the first book after that, so I've only got what like seventeen more, something like that. Um. Wheel of Time, a fantasy series, uh, very beloved by its fan base. Amazon went and built a thing about it. You either loved it or you hated it. Um, but because comic books do be that way, they sold their rights to, oh, who prints it? Dark Horse? Somebody. It's a third party. Um, and guess what? So you're going to get a Wheel of Time series. And literally in the article that we have linked for you in the notes, they're like, cash grab? Question mark? <laughs> um, and it's like, oof. And it's just one of those things that I want to talk about it in the sense of, yeah, comic books do be doing that a lot. That it's like, oh, yeah, I'll buy that that licensed IP and develop a thing. And chirp, 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 chirp. So yeah. if if some of y'all actually read it and you're like really hardcore fans, you can get back to us next season or in the community and kind of tell us whether that was fair of us and others to be like, oh, yeah, this is just how we do money. Because frankly, you know, D&D &D has been doing the same thing since the movie came out. Now, there were D&D &D comics beforehand, but they kind of tried to rejuvenate them right around movie time. And let's be honest, DC and Marvel do that. If they have property coming out, they're like, here's the thing. Well, the, the one that's always confused me on those like cash grab things are the Sherlock comics. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. From Titan. And and that's one of those things. Titan is British owned and they own a ton of they're the ones that own Doctor Who as well. Um, yeah. So, yeah. And that those comics literally were lockstep with the episodes of Sherlock when they came out, if I remember. They was some of them, but some of them came out like six years later. <laughs> right. And so I'm like, ooh, a Sherlock comic after the show's been off the air for four years. And then I'm like, wait, this home, oh, this is episode two <laughs> of the series. And I'm just like, what are you guys doing? But yeah, I if it's literally like, I mean, even I'm not knocking it and I'm happy that uh, Jorge's or 
George's, however you say his name, uh, Firefly guy, is yeah. working on the Mandalorian, but it's literally just a, a shot for shot remake of the Mandalorian. Mm. Mm. This happened. I don't love those. No. So, yep, that's the thing. Comic books do be that way sometimes. Um. So, yeah. You're either going to love or hate Wheel of Time. Congratulations. It's based on The Great Hunt. You either know or you don't. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, speaking of Mandalorian, yet different, uh, hitting the rumor mill, and I feel like I could still say rumor mill because I think I've seen places that said it's confirmed, but I don't know if it was really Pedro. confirmed. Yeah, Pedro Pascal as I've Reed s- Richards. I've seen people say it's confirmed. I've not seen anything labeled from Marvel. Right. And I keep looking for that, you know, the typical um, websites that are like, you should know better (laughs) Um, where people have said confirm. But uh, I've seen some places that are more comfortable in the rumor that he's he's in the running. So um, I think IGN posted it, didn't they? uh, Did they do it as confirmed? Because like CBR and like all the comic book people have the word rumor in front of it. Yeah. Um. So time shall tell, but wow, Pedro Pascal is erwer. <laughs> I I don't love Pedro for Reed. Now Todd yeah. Turner, who has more skin in the game for Fantastic Four than I do, said that gave him good hope. Um, eh. I, eh. <laughs> yeah, it's like all right, we we can get yelled at later, but <laughs> and, and I'll hate, I hate to be a douche about it, but he's old. Um, yeah, but a lot of people like the Reed Richards with like the silver streak kind of thing. I get it. And read one of Todd's explanations that it might be like they were from the eighties and got time looped or something. So, and they're coming out on the other side either way. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so there you go. There's everybody's dropping like the random news. I guess we got to have some stuff to talk about over the holidays. So wanted to hit you or with. the writer strike just ended and we can actually talk about stuff. That's actually a very good point because a lot of people had to hold back a bunch of stuff um, because of the way that that worked out. So yeah, I guess we will technically find out. Yeah. Um. So that happened. And I, I added this here. The book came out this week. So I guess it's like news slash a quasi conversation because it did not make either of our lists. Um, I don't know if you had a chance to read it or not, um, but the outsiders have made their dawn of DC. Um, Hard pass. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> so that's, that's why I kind of wanted to ask you about it because I felt like the rebirth iteration of outsiders. I thought both of us liked. I did. Yeah. There's and that, there's Zatanna and black lightning and some yeah. folks in there. Um, dude, I think I, I still, we have still have not caught the DC lightning in a bottle stride of when we had the tech of comics with Tim Batwoman, Cassandra Clayface, and a few others. So I was like, that's yeah. the best a side Batman book has been. Mm. and we have not got there back so the outsiders have returned and i guess you know <laughs> this is the quasi review of these these poll listeners have said nah. well it's just like i i mean i will say this one 
I didn't want to invest more money in another bat book right now. Fair. Um, two, in basing solely on a cover, I looked at the cover and said, um, uh, what's the Ron Swanson thing? I don't think I'm interested in that. No, right. <laughs> I know. I am not interested in that. And that was like literally it. I like looked at the cover and nobody on the cover said, I'm invested in you and your life and your story. So, well, this rev- comic book amateur reviewer slash professional reviewer took one for the team. And yeah, I technically didn't finish that book. <laughs> okay. So, so who's on the outsiders other than Batwoman and Batwoman? Uh, Lucius Fox. Um, Is he Batman? Sorta. Wait, wait, wait. Lucius he's, not. Right. But he's wearing the suit, but it doesn't come out and say Batman. Um, so but it's not Lucius the son. It's Lucius. Yes. Pretty sure. So his son is Batman and now Lucius is also wearing a suit. Maybe it was the kid. I wasn't paying that close attention because as soon as I realized that it basically wasn't the cool outsiders that I wanted it to be, I did kind of check out. So you um, might need to check. <laughs> they went because they went, they went back and forth. Um, a character called the drummer. That's a older individual and they make fun of them being old. And I was trying to figure out if that's a pull that I also missed. Um, and yeah, it felt like a very random team and they're kind of addressing the multiverse falling apart issue that using Fox money and Wayne tech, they're basically tracking all the, what appears to be the anomalies of things that are going on kind of post everything. So I don't know. Maybe it's that I just lost interest, but it also just felt like what's happening here and why (laughs) a number one should tell me why I care. (laughs) And I'm not sure it did. So if you're interested in the outsiders, they are back. You can pick it up. You can come to that determination on your own, but I just kind of wanted to signpost this as a, we really liked the outsiders in rebirth. Um, I feel like out, the Outsiders and Red Hood um, and the Outlaws were like two really great books that just didn't translate over for some reason. Re, uh, Red Hood is getting a mini in the the beginning of the year. Hmm. Well, there so, you go. Maybe. That's uh, Red Hood the Hill. Oh, right. It's one that's been sitting on the shelf forever waiting to come out. It's like, I'm going to do it. No, no, okay. Yeah. Red Hood has not gotten a lot of love since we've done whatever the dawn of DC is. And right. he's just been kind of a poop on a cornflake situation Oof. of like, let's just abuse him where we can. And that's like one of Hector's like jams, y'all. Yeah. 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 That's what. Huh? Yep. <laughs> Renee Montoya is the question. Red Hood. We just haven't got a lot of love lately. But in that capacity, I just really want to see, you know, move forward with a good story. I still miss. Now, on the flip side, Red Hood and the Outlaws did get a Webtoon series where a lot of other comics didn't get. And you are getting Bizarro and Artemis. So it's the the team I want, not the writing and the medium I want. Right. Um, Yeah. But I've also gotten a lot of Red Hood content without paying for it. So win-win winning um all right well then maybe there's some hope i kind of put this in here as a what what did you do dc because don of dc has kind of been that way and we haven't really talked about it in that context but 
So there you go. I guess the beginning of the year might give us a little more insight. So enjoy your holidays. Then we'll see if DC wrecks them. No? All right. Fair enough. Um, moving right along. Comixology is dead. Long live Comixology. Um, like the Amazon byproduct is dead? Yep. So they bought Comixology. It basically isn't working or making any money the way that they want it to. So they're fully integrating it into Kindle, killing the Comixology brand and just all your stuff's on your Kindle. Have a good day. That's how it's been for a long time, though. Yeah, it kind of. I kind of felt the same thing when I was reading the press release. I'm like, isn't this kind of what Amazon did anyway? Um, but yeah, Comixology brand's dying. I believe from what I read, they're basically they're in, the, the word Comixology is going to go away. All your stuff is still going to be available. Um, it's just you know Kindle app slash Kindle, all that good stuff. So I think the only thing that's important here is digital comics still just don't know what they want to be or how they want to sell it. Cause this seems to be the ebb and flow every six to 12 months of here's the new app. And then nobody uses it, or at least not the level that they want people to be using it. Last time I saw numbers, they said less than 10% of people are reading, reading comics digitally still. Well, and I think it's the thing I thought they thought, Oh, we'll milk this market dry. Yep. And there are times that I've bought some stuff out of convenience of like, I can't get a book and I'm on the road or something. Yep. But I think comic book collectors want comics Yep. <laughs> and Marvel and DC are like, stop making don't st no, I don't want to print these things. Printing costs money. Just go to the app and they're just not getting the conversion rates um, that make them feel comfortable. Um, so it, it's interesting, um, but I never really liked comiXology as a platform anyway, because Amazon tried to kind of integrate it and take it over anyway. And it's like, nah, you, you bought the thing. You should have just called it Kindle from the beginning and be like Kindle Comics um, and make that money. Well, because like some people are just like, but I don't have an Amazon Kindle. I have an iPad. And so <laughs> like that's that was the thing of that was they had to rebrand themselves so they didn't get caught up in the Apple Samsung, you know, not with the cool kids battle. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, you're not wrong. And so finally, uh, Loki. Loki on Loki. I don't know. Yeah, I yeah, <laughs> yeah, it works better in print. Feel, um, yeah, feel, feels like feels like we should have like some of that lo-fi in the background for the rest of this. Yeah. But um, I watched Loki in one sitting. Ooh, that must have been an interesting experience. Yeah, I actually watched it in real time. I bet it actually is really like I first of all I just want to say out of all the Marvel projects in all of phase five so far that was my favorite WandaVision is still pretty high for me um, was WandaVision technically in five or was it the end of four is the transition I'd have to look at the timeline because <sighs> maybe I feel like all the TV was five well they did really weird things between four and five and where stuff fell on the timeline but yeah it's where the stuff got weird. <laughs> I, this is one of the best things Marvel put out in a while. And that's feel, I feel like Loki season one wasn't bad. Right. But it also didn't like hit me. Mm -mm. It was like, cool, this happened. I don't, I didn't feel like I wasted my time. It moved us but, from point A to point B. But Loki season two was just like marinated just all the right places. Yeah. And I think to your point, kind of going back to like the WandaVision discussion that, 
it actually made you think about some things. It definitely made you care about a lot of people. Um, I still don't know if it explains anything about why I should care about um, the Kang and all the variants and that that's technically the bad guy of this entire phase that we've basically only kind of seen. Well, you, did you watch Ant-Man? No, because that's the way it's been. Did did they fix part of their problem with Kang? Oh, uh, uh, the whole Kang theme is huge in Ant-Man. I know, but I thought from what I understood is it's still just a variant, which is part of what they set up here finally, is that we're going to go variant hunting. Yeah, but you um, get lots of variants in their different capabilities. Okay. So you, there's I still one, don't care. <laughs> there's, there's at one point, I think, towards the end of Ant-Man where there's like thousands of Kangs. Okay. Yeah. No, I, and from what we understand of the TVA and everything that happened during Loki, like that all makes sense. I'm just not sure I care. Well, and what they never whole, made me, they never made me care about the, the big bad this time. I, I, I think to your credit, you should watch Ant-Man before you land that plane. Okay. Um, because you get his full backstory and everything, um, as a villain and, um, you you get a little bit more now. Here's the deal: He Who Remains is cooler than Kang. Yes, no, I gathered that much. Um, he Who Remains is cooler than Kang the Conqueror, and honestly, I like Victor Timely more than I like Kang. Um, right, but yeah, I, I would just say like you get more of the Kang vibe, but eh, at the same time, um, you also are currently hearing that Marvel might be leaning away from that now, and they might try and. Because there's a yes. lot, there's a line in Loki season two that almost sounds like they're preemptively brushing it. Mm. Um, because at the end or some, at the end of Quantumania, they <laughs> had to it, think about the enunciation there. Yeah. At no. the end of Quantumania, the Kangs say, well, they took out the one, this one guy, we're going to have to go do something about it. Um, and then in Loki said, we'll do the other variants nowhere here. And they're like, no. Right. Um, so that's either they're wrong. Right. Or they're changing streams. But, uh, no, Loki season two was powerful. Um, yeah. And I, I won't hit the spoilers, but, um, glorious purpose and glorious purpose defined finally is actually a really cool. And it's rumored that could be the sunset. Um, for, for Loki. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, Hiddleston was on, I think Jimmy Kimmel, and um, he said this was you know the chance to say farewell to 14 years of my life. Right. So he all but said, "I'm out." Um, yeah. And if he, so, then yeah, loved it. He, let, I'll just say this: he got a better, uh. He got a better like time in his later years than Thor did. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Thor, Thor's still working that out. Well, and they're saying that Taika isn't going to be attached to five, but I'm like, I saw that. You've got a lot of uh, ground to cover to regain an audience beyond, you know, the same crowd that likes what we do in the shadows and our flag means death. Because. Right. If yep. his style of comedy is what you're showing up for in the next movie, you're going to be sad. Yeah, that's that's going to be a bummer. And it's, I never loved Thor as a comedy. Like, yeah, I, 
and which is where, why I struggle because I was okay with one. I didn't enjoy two just because I thought it was dry and boring. Three, I was. We, that's that's the Lion King. We don't talk about that dark place over there. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and it makes me sad because Chris Eccleston was the bad guy, and I'm like, you give a you give the Doctor a bad movie after Doctor Who getting kicked out. Um, <laughs> but like, I didn't enjoy Ragnarok a lot because I knew how deep a Planet Hulk story could be. And I felt like it was wasted content. And that just mm. kind of put a, a bug up my crawl. And then I just like four was fun. But it's just like I just feel like he hasn't arrived at his glorious purpose yet. Um, <laughs> I see what you did there. Now, I feel like Thor in the Avengers movies is better than Thor in individual movies. Actually, I don't disagree with that. Like he is a better team mm. component in every aspect than he does carrying a solo movie. Starting to think we should do a retrospective. Well, just go through the MCU. Yeah. Random, random musings with Chris and Hector of the MCU. All right, Matt, you got another podcast to produce. Yeah. And let's see, we've got t- t- almost good Lord. <laughs> yeah. Thirty movies to get through. Hell, that could be that could be fun. Like we could spit, we could do that as a a biweekly thing if we just do one MCU movie a uh, a month or Oof. one MCU. Yeah. Okay. We we alternate it with a pull list. We do uh, pull list MCU, and then we can go back to fourth. And then after we get there, we can start each week. We can rank, put them in the new ranking of where they fall. Ooh. And then at the end of it, we'll have a definitive pull list ranking. It'd be fun. You heard it here. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Or maybe we do two movies. Oh, thing. <laughs> just so we can like expedite life. Why? Why? I thought the whole point of like marketing, everything is dropped. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, so Bro, we don't need phases. <laughs> <laughs> you tell me something's coming in phases. I tune out. Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> uh all right. So that is what you need to know. Maybe you oh. didn't, but oh, no wait, Hector Hector's Hector's going to throw an audible. Let's do it. Uh, I was just going to say uh on the Loki season 2 thing, I did just drop a new Loki devotional Bible study on Loki season 2. Um oh. uh going off the end of it and stuff with that. So it's on faithandfandom.org and on my podcast channel too as well if you want to check that, but I enjoyed it. But Shameless plug. There's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. Chris. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jot that down. Yeah, going to need you to <laughs> jot that down. Yeah. All right. Well, now that is what apparently I needed to know. And that's our biweekly look at the industry and delivering you the inside knowledge and as always you can join in on the conversation with hector and i over on the love that nerd facebook community and in the discord channel um because hector's a big boy now and he's almost got it so the now, is- I, I will say this and i will say this with a firm reminder oh if you want me in the conversation tag tag me <laughs> yeah <laughs> because i get lost otherwise like i'm like trying to find the exit to get on the right ramp to get to the conversation <laughs> he's tag looking for the me. sign he's like squinting he's turning the radio down so he can see better and Bro, i turn the radio down when i read a menu i swear i do <laughs> um 
So yeah, join in on the geeky adventure with some of your friends and with Hector and I. We've got, you know, the holidays coming up, so might have some additional time to argue with you or you know, be proven wrong cuz that that does happen. So tell us what you liked, what you hated and even what we missed. We do love all you guys and this is about community and all that good stuff and ultimately comic books. And that's what we're here for, the comics is so, Hector, for this season's finale, uh, what made your list? Okie dokie. Um, Hokey smokey. So, uh, there's going to be not a lot of big surprises here. Um, if you've listened to any of this stuff. <laughs> Let's see. Let's beat the dead horses. Mm. Um, Honestly, to be fair, non-DC books outweigh DC books, which means maybe you will be surprised. Is that? Oh, that is true. Yeah, no, I was just reading that. And in comparison to previous episodes, you should not be surprised. And my list is almost going to read exactly similar in that sense. All indies? Uh, well, not just all indies, but I'm only talking about one book you might not have heard leave my mouth at some point. Okay. Oh, look, there's an advertisement for the new Outsiders. <laughs> there it is written by jackson kelly yeah nah dude that's a uh, that's not <laughs> lucius he said that's okay yeah it is i i just i scanned over and i saw fox and i keep forgetting about well lucius has two kids and this right. is the not yep alpha kid um, <laughs> Oof. Er. well he was a kid that didn't exist for most of the continuity and then just showed right back up. right um so uh zadarsky batman um, I'll say this is one of Zadarsky's better Batman run attempts. <laughs> it made the list because it's slightly better than the slightly hot garbage that's been lately. Well, I didn't hate Gotham War, um, but we've been in oh. this weird. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm throwing this in. This is the only good part of Outsiders, and I should have snapped a picture of it. Is also, the other t reason he's throwing together the Outsiders team to figure out all the anomalies and everything is this phrase was uttered by Fox that I'm getting tired of Gotham going through some type of war or family dispute every year. Right? Oh, my God. <laughs> Screen, take a picture of that and send that to me, please, and thank you. Uh, I was just like, that That seemed a little on the, on the nose. You and me both, brother. Right. It's like, mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. What's well, just like the one like issue of Nightwing when he came back from the fear state thing. He's like, yeah, now that that nonsense is over. And like, <laughs> right. Literally in the issue. Yeah. By the way. <laughs> so like, where this is at, um, Joker is officially back. Okay. And it's our first Joker proper in a Batman proper book in a minute. Great. So can I be that guy? Because I, I, it means I need to pick Batman back up. Um, okay. Number one. Number two, um, which Joker is it? Uh, they referenced now. And what's crazy to me mm -hmm. is when they're talking about the three Joker thing. Yep. Um, is instead of saying in Batman, the three Jokers. Correct. They're, they're saying it from Justice League 50. That's the editor note. Every time the three Jokers are mentioned, it refers back to Justice League 50. I think. Interesting. And that, isn't that the one where the Justice League got killed? I think so. That's 75. Ooh. All right. In my mind, that's just the internet. Yeah, see what Justice League 50 is. 
Uh, well, now make sure that they actually give me the right one. But I have to figure out what series it actually was because, you know, re you. reasons. But for every single um, Joker three, three Joker reference in any of the Batman books lately, it's referenced Justice League 50 instead of three jokers um i and i think maybe because of some of the red hood uh barbara gordon stuff that was taking place there that maybe that's why they're not directly referencing that or maybe that's an outsider thing um but here's the short version right i feel like i gotta go back it's the 2018 um one which would have been rebirth yeah um, I don't feel like it's been that long, but whatever. I don't. Did they do? Did they get through fifty issues before twenty eighteen? That sounds about right. Yeah. Well, just check it. It's Spur it's Spurriers, but now I kind of want to go back because just reading it. Hmm, interesting. <laughs> uh, Joker is murdering a bunch of people, setting up the like elaborate. Um, what do you call it? Tableaus, like the displays of people stuff. Ooh. So we're, um, we're we're back to hardcore sociopath Joker. We're back to hardcore sociopath Joker, and uh, he's kidnapped a bunch of stuff, people, murders, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, bloody crimes. Damn. Um, uh, where he's going through and killing all the people that train Bruce. Talk about having one bad day. <laughs> um, but like uh not sorry so all the people that uh zadarsky interest introduced us to in the night his training montage book right right joker is pursuing them and killing them okay um but you we don't wait a long time to get our introduction there's a scene where batman follows clues and walks into a room where joker's laid out a tableau of bruce's parents being killed Oh, dang. Of Robin being killed. <laughs> okay, good. A PTSD snap this bro in half. No, no, no. Literally, dude, there's one shot where you see bodies laid out of Bruce's parents killed, Robin killed, Alfred with his neck snapped. <laughs> okay, yeah, my bad. Uh, This was worth picking up. Okie dokie. Um, and then also Selena's dead body, air quotes. Um, right. Okay. Because Gothamore left us with the presumption that she's dead and she's off with a new identity somewhere. Um, but Joker still included her body with it. But, uh, and then he's like, I, and he's like, we're not, he's like, we're not doing this Joker. He's like, oh, I'm not here for you. He's like, I want to talk to the real one. And he's like, what are you talking about? And then Batman literally shuts down and something Joker has done has triggered full Zuren awe. Oh. And so Batman snaps back up in like full berserker mode. He's like, tonight's the night I kill you. And yeah. like, you let's do this. And so you see Bruce in the sunken place, like from get out. And uh, he's like, he's, you've got Bruce in his own head, trying to communicate with Zuren Ah, saying, let me out. He's like, Oh, this isn't about you anymore. And he turns <laughs> and, uh, behind Bruce in Bruce's head is every version of Batman of in our existence 
in Zuran Ah costumes. <laughs> like, hold on. Like, I'm okay. Talking, I'm talking like Keaton. I'm talking like Batmite. I'm talking like everybody. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> uh, no, I'm serious though. Like, it, Batmite's in it. Um, but like, straight up, the first thing you see is like, these are the Batman in his head. And so, basically, while we've gone through failsafe, there's even Batman the Animated Series, Gotham by Gaslight, Batman 66, Dark Knight Returns. Super heavy? Super heavy. Um, he says, uh, or basically from what I'm gathering is, like, since the failsafe thing. Right. That Zuran Ah Batman, who is Batman's mental failsafe, has gone through and corrupted every other aspect of him. So that he can weed Batman out. That kind of checks out with some of the stuff that's been going on that kind of didn't make sense. Right. And, and that puts it all into a better perspective. This was good. This was good layering. So this this, was... this also helps the what he did to Jason currently. Yes. Most likely. Okay. All right, Chip. You done did it. That's what I said. This was a solid entry. Um, as as much as I hyped it up the last episode. Um uncanny spider-man still still delightful got to issue three um and by the way like what i didn't reference or recognize just because of the haircut and different things Mm -hmm. is that he's not just uh having flirtations with someone on silver sable's team it is silver sable she just looked different and i didn't recognize it okay um now i will say this as a disclaimer because you know pastorally speaking I don't like it when our uh, faith-based heroes are uh, inappropriate in their intimate contacts. <laughs> like, it's not my favorite thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Matt Murdock be, you know, inappropriate all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, but there's, like, some scenes where Kurt and Silver Sable are together. Oh. oh. And, like, she's actively being paid by um, Vulture to hunt Kurt down. And she's being intimate with him. That sounds about right. Well, I mean, that's kind of Sable's go-to, right? Right, it is. Uh, She says, listen, when the helmet's off, I'm a real person. When the helmet's on, I'll kill you. (laughs) Okie dokie. And um, so there's that. And then, um, like, and so she's setting up some bigger play. But then we see that, um, I forgot what the technology was called. Um, hold on. But uh, there's... What's the X-Man, X-Force character that looks like a computer glitch of equipment and stuff? Mm. Warlock? Huh? Is there an X-Man named Warlock? Computer glitch. He looks like a pile of computer equipment. Oh, the bad guy from X-Men? Yes. Warlock. Oh. His name's Warlock. Just type in X-Men Warlock. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. (laughs) See, I went somewhere else, but interestingly enough, created by the same person. So, Yes, yes. From the Mojo-verse. Yeah, Um, that's that's what I was... I was like, Mojo? Yeah. Um, So, basically, uh, Nimrod... And two and a uh, vulture are using warlock's powers and abilities 
to mind control and infect and upgrade uh, anybody they want to. And it's not that they're mind controlling them. They're literally genetically altering their brains to think different things are right and wrong. That's a lot. Yeah. And so they're doing this. So uh, we get versions of cloak and dagger that have been warlocked. Um, and uh, they said that uh, Vulture has turned warlock into war paint. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they can cover them almost like a symbiote, a digital symbiote. Mm. And so that's where it's left them is that uh, not only are they gathering mutants, they're turning them into weapons in that capacity. Um, but there's, you get a lot more of not only just the development of that and the silver sable stuff, you do get some solid, like, I still like Jesus in here somewhere things, but I'm still kind of lost vibe from Kurt. But, uh, one of the things we do see is that he's trying really hard when he's in a public persona to keep all the Spider-Man quips up, which are (laughs) terrible. Right. And, uh, they've officially landed on a name for him, uh, a public name. Uh, take two guesses what his Spider-Man name is. I legit got nothing. Like, uh, here's what they call him. The creepy crawler. Uh... <laughs> so that's a thing. Um, uh... Did you read the call? Uh, it's disappeared from my shelf, so I'm guessing I was the only one that bought the first two. <laughs> All right. Uh, so the call happened. Uh, like, <laughs> oh, so the the namesake finally showed. I don't know. What's it called? Is that like a? Um, usually means killing a bunch of people. Yeah, that. Um, so the giant. <laughs> Which is why I was kind of like. Uh-huh. Uh, so they did the shifty thing. Um, the giant kaiju, uh, that you saw at the beginning of in episode one or whatever. Um, that's like out there. Uh, when they went into the cave. That went out, and uh, it disintegrated or assimilated a lot of people in the town. And um, so the the kids make it back out of the environment. They've all got superpowers now, um, or something. And then, but like they're trying to hide it, like because one girl had giant butterfly wings, and so like they can turn it on and off. But basically, this is them getting back to the town after all the chaos and seeing family members killed and basically the, the giant kaiju spit out things and they yeah, yeah. like either take you or keep you mm. or disintegrate you. And um, so they're just trying to track down their family and uh, like uh, it turns to like one of the moms thought the kids were never coming back because apparently they've been gone a while. Sure. And, and okay. um, with the whole, time stream deal and so one of the parents was about to um unalive themselves by walking up to uh the kaiju and and so the kids get there and they find the note and but then they realize the cup of tea is still warm so they run down to the beach to try and stop it and that's where four ends still good development there's only one more uh book left um but they're also saying that the power is manifested as a representation of what they saw in each person. So basically each person dictated what they could do based on their own internal monologue. So fun. Huh? Interesting. And did you read daredevil? Yes, I did. Um, I'll say this. 
improvement. Uh, yeah. Uh, Matt was less cussy for no good reason. Also true. Um, we got a little bit more of the orphanage pastoral side of this. Um, but then we also got the stuff that just tracks like you don't know how to write this character properly. And I don't want to be too critical, but I feel critical. <laughs> yeah. It was yeah. like when he goes, man, I just want to care for these orphans. But tonight I want to hurt someone like that doesn't <laughs> that feels like Batman. That yeah. doesn't feel like Daredevil. <clears throat> like the literal line is like tonight I need to hurt someone. And I'm just like, I don't I, that doesn't track. I think for me right now where a lot of my pain point is with Daredevil is I feel like the art is pulling me out. And I've made this comment about books in the past that. I mean, art stylization is always going to be kind of a personal um, decision for folks, but this feels kind of like a 90s book. Yes. Um, yes. And not necessarily in the good way, at least for me. And that's why, like, the fight scenes I think are supposed to be cool, but I almost found myself, like, flipping past the three pages of of action because I was like, this doesn't, this isn't Daredevil that we've had for, like, the last five to six years. <laughs> And it won't be. I'm just trying to find some things that are good in what we've got. Um, <laughs> That's fair. And, you know, I like the interaction with the social worker. She's like, whatever you've got going on for the good of these kids, figure it out. Figure it out. Um, <laughs> figure it out. Figure it out. Um, and, yeah. But, no, a thousand percent looking at the uh, what you just said about 90s action, bro, that straight looks like something I would have picked up in, like, seventh grade. Yeah. Um, in terms of layout, art, shadows, the whole deal. Um, and if that's the vibe they're going for, well then cool. Then yes, you nailed it. You nailed it. Um, two things I'll say are positives. I like that they're including the, uh, handicap accessories of daredevils like life. I did take notice to that. Like, you know, the fact that he has his text on impaired mode or whatever that like his text will read out to him and stuff, because we don't think of we know that Daredevil can see the echolocation and stuff, but him actually reading a, a LED screen or whatever is probably right. not functional. Yep. Um, so him I also appreciated that they returned his batons to it's his cane that actually um, separates and becomes his his throwables and all that. Like I went back and forth on it, but I was like, I, "Okay, I see you." I don't love it. That's I was I, I'm on the other end. That's fair. It felt a little weird, but at the same time, it's like, okay, you, you've now made it that it literally is with him at all times. Now, where, where, where the problem? I just literally it pulled me out of my um, suspension of disbelief. Was there's one panel? It's this page, and it was this page specifically as I was reading it, um, where like in his cane. There just appears to be an infinite amount of chain. <laughs> like right. there's, there's no logistics. I'm looking at this chain, and this chain could be enough to like hold a suspension bridge. That's coming out of that cane. Are you spawn? What is happening right now? I mean, because he's, he's been pretty broody. Well, but what I'm saying is there is no logistical, multiversal reason that much chain came out of that cane. And that's my beef. And maybe it's not supposed to be coming out of his cane. I don't know. <laughs> but I'll tell you what. It wasn't real clear. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
because like his cane has the rope strap between it. Right. So maybe I just got caught up and he's using a chain from somewhere else. Mm. That might be it. It looks like there was just a chain somewhere else. I'm wrong. I apologize. It was a construction site. There is a chain, but there's a scene where he's holding his cane and I'm like, where's that chain coming from? And that's just me. I got distracted. Um, I like there's the thing of, um, the thing, I think it was the most solid one. I also, when somebody says, holy poop or holy <laughs> F word, it's daredevil. Um, like then the next page, he's somebody says the exact same thing. Holy F word. It's daredevil. <laughs> and I'm like, did they just copy and paste this? This is so lazy. <laughs> but then immediately after that, D- daredevil says, I like that. I think that's my new favorite catchphrase. <laughs> So it's like, okay, at least you acknowledged that. Um, but I really did love okay. the next to last panels or whatever it was or close to the end of um, where uh, his priestly partner uh, sends him a voicemail of quoting scripture to him, mm. telling him you need to actually take care of your flock. And he says, um, I don't know where you are right now, Mateo, but it ain't where you're supposed to be. Yeah. I was like, that slapped. That slapped well. That was that one moment was why that made my pulls. So what you got? What you got? Show me what you got. Um, all right. So I read forty seven thousand new indies that dropped. Um Boom had tons of number ones. Image had a handful. I I, I lost track. Um I doubled my purchase this week in comparison to most of the rest and I still only ended up with five Um, but at least that happened so there's this book from Boom called Lotus Land and I'm going to try to explain this (laughs) Um, let me explain no so we Right. <laughs> City of Vancouver, year 2648 of our Lord. Um, lots of futury stuff going on. There's like a central government like project going on that seems to have some type of like genetic modification type stuff going on. It's not super clear, but you get introduced to a character and his kid that are like living out in the wilds of Canada, um, separated from technology and everything, you know, living the peaceful life, not dealing with it. And apparently he was part of this government agency. And basically his old partner shows up and is like, we got to drag you back in. He's like, I'm not going. So, you know, we've seen this story, right? Um, But it, we still don't really know the context. It's just that you are the only one that knows. Um, And so he goes and he makes this weird offhand comment about, but I can wear the gloves. Right. And they're like, yeah, of course. And it's like, cool. (laughs) Homie likes a nice pair of gloves when it's chilly out. Um, And he basically meets the guy that's like in charge of this government program that we still don't really know what it does and everything. And it's basically you got to go find this dude. And he's like, cool, if I do this thing, leave me alone. Right. Um, And there's a little backstory about his kid and his ex-wife and stuff like that. That doesn't really land but i think they're trying to make something there um but by the end he finds a guy he's looking for and he basically gets all shot up by the tactical team that is behind him when he's like no i'm supposed to get that dude alive 
and clearly, you know, somebody had other plans type of thing, but he takes the gloves on and he touches the dude. And apparently he can basically catch a glimpse into the dude's mind. Doesn't fully explain it. You just get a couple panels of clearly something else. That's a memory of the dude that's dying. And that's where issue one ends. And I'm like, okay. I was like, again, some of y'all are doing a really good job of setting up a story I want to read and then jacking it up by issue two. But this is another one of those. Okay. I want to understand this. Tell me what the weird um, government thing in Canada of all places is why this dude, apparently if he touches other living things can like see their memories or some part of their brain. Um, yeah. Unpack that for me. I'm here for it. Art's pretty cool. Um, lots of muted colors off offset by actual color. Like this is the inside the dude's brain. Um, it's like, it looks like it could be that literally the dude that he was looking at was drowning or that's just how he sees memories. It's not clear yet. Okay. Um, but that was kind of dope. Um, to hit kind of the high points of some of the other things, Phantom Road by Lemire has been like on hiatus for like two and a half months. And we kind of finally get the end of the arc. And this is what makes me angry. It's been on. It took two and a half months for this to finally come out uh, between issue five and issue six. Issue six in image land usually means a three to six month break is coming. Right. (laughs) That they're going to drop the trade of this and it's going to go quiet for a while. So part of me is upset that this didn't really move the story. Um, But it is reestablishing the that the two people that are transitioning between the real world and this weird zombie space where if they kill people, we found out a few issues ago. Those are real people that are probably alive. What happens to them if we kill them here? The center of their little road stop are their version of a Bucky's gas station, which nice. is still a really great pull for me. Yes. I'm like, that's random and they're going to get there. Um, the FBI agent that's found out that her dad was actually a secret agent as well. Um, and something called Project Jackknife that actually it seems to be like the X-Files connective tissue of figuring out these anomalies. Like they give us all those pieces and it just kind of moves on. So it's good because I still we still don't know what they're transporting other than that it's some type of young alien being something and that it doesn't let them get far from the truck and that they got to bring the thing to Golgotha. I just want to pull that back. Yeah, that we're going to Golgotha. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And that there's a dude that very much feels like the devil that they met, you know, like a while ago. Um, There's still a lot to unpack there. So it's still keeping my interest because. Lemire does this thing of he likes to sprinkle stuff that we're going to figure out like three issues from now. Um, So super fun. Arcade Kings finished their um, mini. Okay. And we now basically know that the story of Arcade Kings is about two brothers that got separated because, well, basically they didn't like each other. Uh, Their father was an absolute punk to them uh, growing up like straight up mentally and physically abuse them. Um, And it's in this weird arcade slash they're martial artists and they like arcades and stuff um, type stuff. But their dad basically tries to siphon the energy of other people to like make his return to the ring type of thing 
but the brothers finally band together. They beat dad and they both take over the arcade together. And it's a great ending point. The book is still pretty and everything, but the very end of the book, the very end, the very, very end um, where it says the end um, you get in, you get one of the hench people for their dads. Like, Hey, kind of feels like you guys are in charge now. Um, so you guys want to be Kings, huh? Now's your shot. And there's this giant poster of this tag team tournament um, in the future. So I don't know. And then it says game over on the back cover. So this starting story is done, but there's obviously room for them to continue telling stories in this one through six mini format, which I'm starting to fall in love with because it's, it is what it is, right? Um, the story gets told it has an endpoint, and then if they want to tell something else, they just tell it. Um, and then finally, Rare Flavors number two came out. Ooh, so we get that book, and you had an interaction with that, right? Yeah, so, um, via some other folks that were like, I keep hearing about this Rare Flavors thing, it sounds really good, and and Rom, who is uh, the writer, like showed up in the comments of that section and was like, yo, thanks for liking our book. And all of us are like, it's delightful. And so we did the digital handshake thing of former retailers and creatives and everything and super approachable dude. He actually has a lot of projects coming out in the near future. Um, Name to watch. Yeah, I think so, because very cool things happening. And that may be a poll that we can make um into next year for a conversation because I want to pick this dude's brain about where this came from. So, yeah, the cannibal not cannibal book. Um still going on this journey of making his documentary and traveling to different countries to make different dishes. So, we're talking about um a chili dish in um I think they're in India still. Um, but literally goes to like the chili fields and like goes through the history of how that thing ended up there because it's not native there. Um, and I was like, Oh, that's cool. Um, but you know, he makes his dish and everything, but the end of the last book, I talked about these two dudes that came upon the guy that was the tea guy being shoved into the thing and like basically had been eaten. We're like, yeah, the cannibal, not cannibal book, because we still don't know whether he did it or not. Well, the two weird people that we're following, we find out are demon hunters. That's not super clear until the middle of this book. And they start talking about the, yo, who's the kid with him? They're like, and the other guy's like, he's going to eat the kid. (laughs) And you're like, okay, it's a cannibal book. And it slowly unpacks that you're getting this vibe that there's more to this big dude than is let on. And then he even says, and he's like, why is this guy spending so much time not eating people when that's what this guy does? And I'm like, cannibal book, got it. And then finally, um, he turns around and basically faces them in the desert, the big dude. And he's like, so are we going to do this? And the two of them are like, I don't know. Are we going to do this? What are you doing? And he straight up is like, you know what I am and what I am capable of. And they're like, yes, you're a devil. You're a demon you do evil things and they're not being figurative. (laughs) It seems pretty clear that they're, they're like, you're not of this plane. Um, and he's like, right. So are we doing this? Or he's like, I'm just trying to do something different. And 
this phrase he keeps using over and over again of, I really know people and flavor and food and people is just repeated over and over again in a really <laughs> uncomfortable way. But again, I've hit the end of this book and go, did he eat the other dude? Because he's kind of facing them being like, I got nothing to hide this time. I'm really just trying to do this because he's kind of saying at this point of, I've come to kind of like what you people do with food and stuff. So he's, so he's a demon that has a, a history of like, you know, eating folks, but now he just likes culinary arts. Possibly. Yeah. We're at, again, I keep saying you hit the end of an issue and you go, it's both. It's not either. What are you doing? And so I'm still absolutely loving this journey because it's like, is that what it's going to be that, or is he literally just prepping this kid that he hired as a videographer for like an ultimate meal at the end? Like it is not clear and it is becoming way more awkward as we go. <laughs> um, but very cleverly done. And that's why I'm like, this is either really evil or really brilliant or both. Um, so all I could say is this is really interesting how we're dealing with that. There's a book I did read this week that did not make my list called The Deviant. Um, that's about basically a dude that dresses up as Santa Claus and murders kids that come to the mall. So the yeah, the horror industry is really hardcore in comic books lately. And I straight up felt uncomfortable at the end of that book. <laughs> and that was the first issue and clearly what's a longer story. This one makes me sit here and go, okay, what's actually going on? Yeah. Um, and I, and I actually want to know, even though it's really weird and kind of out there in terms of the context. So there you go. There's some bookends there. So there you have it. Hit us with that. Number one, it's going to have to hold people over for a couple months. <laughs> My number one, uh, doesn't even really deserve to be on the list. Uh, just realistically speaking, um, <laughs> I didn't love it. Um, uh, and I only bought issue two because I bought issue you one two together. settled for it. I settled for it. Oh, um, okay. well, I took it off the recommendation cause people had asked me if I'd read it. So Wesley Dodd, Sandman, I got number one and number two. It's not a bad book. Okay. Um, but like I've bought two issues and I don't know if I'll go forward. Understood. Um, uh, it's Wesley Dodd Sandman. It's the first time in my comic reading life span that we're getting a, like where Wesley Dodd's the main character of a story. Um, got it. And we're getting like his backstory. We're getting his Batman lifestyle. We're getting him and his Butler. We're getting his girl Friday type situation. Like it, this, ah. this to me felt like, um, reading Hal Jordan in New Frontier. Oh, that's kind of cool. Right. I mean, it does. It has that. It has that Darwin Cook feel. And, you know. And that, that does, rest, it does. Rest, in, rest in peace, Darwin. Darwin's birthday actually was yesterday or the day before when we recorded this. Like it was within the recording window of, of this show. Yeah. Um, Darwin was a heck of a, a heck of an artist. He was. And I think that maybe that's uh, maybe I'm getting Darwin vibes from it. Um, I think you are, because I seem to remember um, the creative team or other people at D.C. posted that a lot to the timeline when it came out. And I feel like a couple of them were talking about Darwin Cook's work yeah. in this in the same in the same breath. Um, 
if you like Darwin Cook vibes, if you like a 1940s noir uh, storytelling, this is solid. It is good with it. Um, issue one and two were not bad. Uh, it just also was not like, oh man, I can't wait. But I, <gasps> they were also the last two books that I read. Okay. After reading all the other books that I bought. I know that vibe. I got nine books in a two week window and they were the last two books. Other books that did not make it. Hold on. Let's just say this for the sake of kicks and giggles. Um, and Batman and Robin number three was close. It was good. Okay. Poison Ivy 16. Not good. Personally speaking. <laughs> womp womp. Uh, Fantastic Four number 13. Uh, Tyrannosaurus Rex Doom. And Doctor Doom team up against Dinosaur Avengers and Human Avengers. There's Devil, parallel... Di- Devil Dinosaur isn't talked about at all in all that. No, uh, no Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. Yeah, yeah. There's a whole reference to that. They're okay. like saying, I, was gonna I wonder say. if since this is a parallel world, is do you have like a Devil Human? <laughs> and like they, they actually have that conversation. Okay. Um, all right. So that I feel, was. I feel better about it. Yeah. Um, and it, it turned out fun and it was just, and it was, uh, doc, it was, uh, the thing outsmarting Dr. Doom, which was fun. I mean, I feel like that's always fun. Yeah. But like, it was just like, I'm like, I'm over the dinosaur thing. So it's really like, it's why I didn't make the top pools, but yeah. What's, <laughs> what's your number one? Okay. So it's new, but it's not. Um, I spoke about this when I was reading, when it was coming out and everything, but Geiger, uh, Ground Zero. So what they've done is they've gone back to retell the origin of the character. Uh, It's going to be a two-part mini, but it's really good to get more background here. Part of this is I just like... um, It's Jeff Johns and Gary Frank. So Gary Frank was the Watchmen artist. So it's got those vibes always through all the stuff that he's done in this. But I'm just going back to the thing of this is part of... um, images they're forming a new imprint called ghost machine which is all the stuff that falls in the unnamed universe and i mentioned this before that this is what i really like about this because um i fell in love with junkyard joe which was the robot that was created for vietnam right um and todd turner turned us on to that and i enjoyed geiger but um going in the next year they're going to give us red coat which is all the way back to the revolution um the northerner um, which is Civil War, um, the monster, 1944, so something about World War II, um, the ghost, which is present day, and then the unknown war, which leads to Geiger and, you know, basically stuff getting nuked and you become a glowy man that can't die. Um, so there's a lot going on here and they're universe building. And I think that's what I appreciate about what's going on here is it's new, it's different. And they're basically doing the, we're telling an untold history slash alternate future with all these different um, pieces that are lining up to it. And if any of them are as good as Geiger was in the first round and as Junkyard Joe, this is going to be something to look out for in 2024 of the whole unnamed um, universe. 2024 sounds like science fiction. (laughs) <laughs> we're gonna have flying cars and floating skateboards woo oh we're supposed to have those already that's sad happy holidays everybody 
Well, uh, I, I guess that's going to do it for us in 2023 uh, here on the Polis podcast. So that is episode 95 completed now in the books, in your ears, on your eyeballs. Well, maybe not on. That probably hurt a lot. Um, but you can see us on YouTube this entire season. We we did the YouTube's thing and we'll be continuing to do the YouTube's thing. So, you know, uh, check that out and all that good stuff. But we can not possibly do this alone. Hector and I are part of a larger conglomerate of other podcasters and nerdy people over on the Love Thy Nerd Podcast Network. Lots of new shows are available now. Hector's got new stuff over there. Um, he, I'm interviewing like, a professional wrestler right after this. Ooh, let's go. Uh, so that's happening. Um, keep an eye out for that. So yeah, you can hit us up on lovethatnerd.com. Check out Listen Podcast. Find previous episodes, new episodes, and new shows. But Hector and I do, from the absolute bottom of our nerdy hearts, want to thank each and every one of you for listening, for choosing us to be your comic book knowledge factory. And so don't leave us hanging. Rate and review the show. I mean, I, I we get paid in likes and stars. Um, so those are important. Um, but rate review the show tell us what's going on because we love to hear from our community so we can make a stronger show for you as we grow each and every season so thank you thank you thank you you can find us in just about all the places it's time to say farewell but not goodbye for we will see you in the new year as we take a little break to recharge our batteries and read all those wonderful comic books so thanks for listening and remember kids read more, read more comics, more comics. I'm gonna take all seven continents of the game of risk.